Well, it's good to be outside with everybody this morning. I love this uh, pavilion that we have, so it gives us a little shade and opportunity to gather together. So welcome. Um, welcome to those folks that are watching online. Glad you guys could be with us as well. And I'm excited because we have a number of the kids that are with us this morning. Usually you guys are in uh, children's church and Sunday school, but we all get to be together uh, this morning. So one of the things I like to do when we all get together like that is have a little fun, right? So kids, you like having fun. We adults like it too. So I want to play a little game. Anybody familiar with two truths and a lie? Anybody? Okay, I need three volunteers. Now, you got to be thinking, you got to know, have two truths about you and one lie. And we got a prize. If you can stump the crowd or whoever stumps the most people is going to get a prize. So I need three volunteers. I'll give one of the club girls. You guys can arm wrestle and figure out which one of you guys gets to do it. All right. Two. I need an adult too. I need so I got two kids, and then uh, one adult. What adult is going to be brave enough to come up here and try and stump the crowd? All right, Joe, come on up. Oh, sorry. Now, the, now the ladies step up. All right, you guys, good. Come in front of the stage. We got a microphone. What I want you to do is introduce yourselves. Have you been thinking about your two truths and a lie? All right. Do not tell people which is the lie. Okay. All right, introduce yourself first. I'm Harper Klein. Harper. I'm Anna Club. Hannah. I'm Joe Mashing. All right, Joe, thanks for stepping up to represent the older crowd. All right. You guys ready? So two truths, and remember, don't put them in that order. Otherwise, it'll be pretty easy to guess. Two truths about you and one lie. Harper. Speaking the mic. Um, we have about 60 pets. Um, I have two adopted siblings. And um, I've had three goldfish. All right, hang on. Before we pass it on. So, 60 pets, two adopted siblings. How many goldfish? Three. All right. How many people think the 60 pets is a lie? Raise your hand if you think that's the lie. All right, there's a good number of people who think that's the lie. How about the two adopted siblings? How many people think that's a lie? One. Okay. All right, and then last, the three goldfish. Who thinks, oh, look, I think so. The majority of the folks think it's three goldfish. Are we in agreement? What is the lie? 60 pets. We have about 50. All right. Okay. Nice. So a lot of you guys got it, but um, more people guessed wrong. So that's good. All right, Hannah. I had stitches before. Um, I have about 70 animals, and my hair was really long. <laughs> All right, so let's go over this. 60 animals? 70. 70. Oh, so we're on an animal theme. So we've got 70 animals. You've had stitches before, right? That was the other one. And then your hair used to be really long? All right, so how many people, let's go back to the first thing. How many people think 
Um, the lie is that she's had stitches. We got a few people think you're lying there. How many people think she's lying about the 70 pets? All right, a large number there. And how many people think um, she's lying about having long hair at one point? All right, so I think most people think you're lying about the pets. What's the lie? I have never had long hair. Never had long hair? Wow, you fooled a lot of people. I, I think right now, would we agree Hannah's winning? Harper, sorry. Don't go anywhere yet. All right, Joe. Okay. One, I used to be on a chase team for a hot air balloon. Two, I can ride a unicycle. Nice. Or three, I was born in the state of Hawaii. All right. So, he used to chase hot air balloons, right? Like you go chase them and pick them up when they fall, plummet to earth. That kind of thing. Okay, so that was one. Um, the other was you could ride a unicycle. And then finally, you were born in Hawaii, right? So how... State of Hawaii. The state of Hawaii. Is there a different Hawaii? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just curious. All right, how many people think he was lying about being a hot air balloon chaser? We've got a couple of those, all right. How many people think that he was lying about being able to ride a unicycle? Oh, that seems to be the majority. And how many people think he was lying about being in, born in the state of Hawaii? A lot. What's the lie, Joe? Actually, I was born in Hawaii, but it wasn't a state at the time. That was a lie. Oh. I guess you got me there. This dude is old. <laughs> How many of you guys were around when there weren't 50 states? <laughs> A few. All right. So who... Sorry. So who thinks Joe won? <laughs> who thinks Hannah won? <laughs> and who thinks Harper won? Well, here's a good thing, because I'm such a giver, I got a prize for each of you. So these are like the world's best gummy bears. A am I not telling the truth? If you've never had these gummy bears, these are the world's best. Thank you. So thank you all for helping us with this. And you can share with others, too, with all your pets, evidently. All right, now I want to play two truths and a lie with you, but I want to talk about prayer. And so I have two truths about prayer and one lie. And you guys got to figure out which is the lie. So the first truth or lie it would be this. I don't need to pray because God already knows everything. I don't need to pray because God already knows everything. Secondly, um, there's a right way and a wrong way to pray. There's a right way and a wrong way to pray. And then finally, thirdly, prayer changes people, not God. Prayer changes people, not God. All right, so I tried to make those a little tricky. We'll see how you do. So how many people think um, the lie is I don't need to pray because God already knows everything? All right, quite a few. How many people think there's a right way that I'm lying, that there's a right way and a wrong way to prayer? 
Is that, how many people think, all right, a few. And how many people think the lie is prayer changes people, not God? Few people got that. All right, the lie is that I don't need to pray because God already knows everything. So if, if you got that right, we're going to have pancakes for you and bacon and sausage right after this. You guys go ahead and help yourselves. Just butt to the front of the line if you want. Everybody else, we have pancakes, sausage, and bacon for you too. And we have a ton of it. So that's exciting. So there's a little fun. Um, kids, while you guys have been in Sunday school and kids' church, we've been learning about what God's will is for us. And we've been looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. And it says this. It says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, we've discovered a few things so far. The first thing that we discovered is that God's will is first and foremost for us to be in Christ Jesus, to be in a relationship with Jesus, to be followers of Jesus. That's his first primary will for each and every one of us. Secondly, we discovered that God's will for us is for us to be joyful people, to be full of joy, to rejoice always regardless of our circumstances. Next, we discovered that God wants us, his will is for us to be prayerful people, that we would pray continually. And then finally, um, that we would be thankful people, that we would give thanks in all circumstances. That's God's will for us. And so we've been looking at that, and for the last three weeks, um, we've been focusing on what it means to be prayerful people. And we've been looking at the who, the what, the where, the when, and the why of prayer. And today, this morning, we're going to focus on the what. What should we pray for? What should we pray for? How should we pray? It's really the how of the prayer. It's the who, what, where, when, why, and how. And so that's what we're going to focus on, how to pray. Now, Jesus, he gave a lot of different um, sermons, if you will. I don't know that he would have called them that. But he gave one that was really memorable, and it was called the Sermon on the Mount, right? And that was probably his most famous sermon ever. And, and imagine, he was outside in a beautiful place like this, and some of us have been there, right? And it was on a hill, and all these people were gathered together, and, and he was just explaining to them what the kingdom of God was about. And um, in the midst of that, he taught them about how to pray and how not to pray. And this is what he said, according to Matthew, Matthew wrote it down, Matthew chapter 6 records all this. Look at verses 5 through 8, and I think it's on the screen behind me, or to the side of me, rather. And it says, this was Jesus speaking, and he said, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. Truly, I tell you, they already have their full reward. But when you pray... But when you pray, go into your inner room or closet, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not babble on like pagans, for they think that by their many words they will be heard. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And so when you hear that, do you think Jesus was trying to communicate that the only place you should ever pray is in a closet somewhere, 
like in, in just this inner part of your home, do you think that's, that's his main point there, kids? I don't think that was it. You know what I think his main point was? Like, don't pray just to draw attention to yourself. Don't pray in such a way that, you know, other people look at you and think, wow, he or she, they're very spiritual. Like, they're super spiritual people. I think Jesus' point in this was to say, look, prayer shouldn't be about you looking better, looking more spiritual. No, it should be something that's really special between you and I. That, that I want you to get away into a quiet place where you and I can talk. And more importantly, where you can learn to listen where you can learn to listen. Because remember, God knows everything already. And so we need to learn to listen. So God is concerned with us just getting away to talk to him and most importantly, to listen to him. And so if you're like me or some of the early disciples, sometimes you're just scratching your head and you're like, I don't even know what to pray. I'm not even sure how to pray. And I think a lot of us struggle with that. We're not quite sure how to pray. Are we gonna use the right words and, and is it going to be the right length and all these different things? Well, Jesus was trying to help his disciples and all the people that were gathered on the hillside. And he said, here's how you can pray. And it's become known as the Lord's Prayer. And this is how Matthew recorded it. It begins like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, some of you guys have probably heard this thing called the Lord's Prayer, but it might not have sounded quite like that before. How many people have memorized that prayer, but you don't memorize it exactly like that? I think a lot of us, right? So it's been changed a little bit over the years. The, the main, you know, Meaning has not changed at all, but really at the end, something's been added there. So together, I think there's a traditional way to say this, and most of us have learned it in this traditional way. So I'm going to invite you, if you want, I'm going to have it on the screen um, in case you don't remember it exactly. But let's just say it together. This is the Lord, what's known as the Lord's Prayer, and it begins, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well done. You know, that's a beautiful prayer. And, um, I think part of the point of Jesus giving us this prayer is not just to say this is the only way to pray, but it's memorable. And when we remember it, it leads us in a certain direction. Notice that it begins with this focus on God above, right? That God is greater than we are, and it draws our eyes up. And it says that he's holy, that he's hallowed be his name, right? Like it's, he's got a holy name. He is different from us. He's above us. Kids, you guys have learned in, in Sunday school and children's church, right, that God is our boss, right? He's the boss of me. And so what we see in this Lord's Prayer is recognizing that, drawing your eyes up, recognizing that God is our boss. That's the first part. Now, from there, we also recognize that he's not only our boss, 
but he's our provider. He is our provider. And so we pray to him as our provider that he would provide our daily bread. That means whatever we need that day, you know, our food or drink or things like that. But not only does God provide food, do you know something else, something even more important than food that he provides? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. And a lot of times we don't recognize that. Now, we all need to be forgiven, but a lot of times we don't forgive others, right? But doesn't it make sense that if we're going to go to God and we're going to ask him for forgiveness to forgive us, doesn't it make sense that we should forgive others as well, right? They need to go hand in hand. It wouldn't be right for me to expect God to forgive me when I'm not willing to forgive other people. And that's what he talks about here. That's why we focus on God as provider. He is our boss. Then it also recognizes that, and this may be weird for you, but, you know, God is our boss, but he's also the boss over Satan and evil ones. You know, he is the boss over them, believe it or not, and he allows them to exist for just a time. But ultimately, they're accountable to him. And so we ask God to protect us from Satan, to protect us from evil, to deliver us from evil. Again, God's the boss of everybody. And then finally, it ends with this focus again, just like it began, that God is the boss, that he is in control, and that um, we want his will to be done right now, but not just now, forever and ever. Amen. And so that's sort of the flow of what we call the Lord's Prayer. It's a really great prayer to memorize. And Miss Lisa has been kind enough to make us some little cards that have the Lord's Prayer. So I don't know who's passing those out or where they are, but um, whoever is doing that, rise. Look, here they come. They're arising. So just grab one, pass it down. Um, everybody, there's enough for everybody there. Get you a nice little card. What we would encourage you to do is take these with you, and they're small enough that you could put them in your wallet, perhaps, your purse. You could put them on your mirror at home. You could put it on your dashboard in the car. But we encourage you to memorize this thing called the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. Because sometimes you won't know what to pray, and that will just come to mind. So you'll see that on those cards. You'll also see when you get one of these cards on the back. On the back are some other words there, too. And what you're going to find there is a pattern... It's, it's sort of a flow for prayer because we need to pray about everything, right? We've been talking about that, everything and anything, anywhere and everywhere, anytime, all the time. That's what we're supposed to be praying for. So how do we do that? Because sometimes we need some guidance in that. So we've given you four words to help guide your prayers. So here they are. Begin thanking, thanking. Next is praising. Then comes confessing. And finally is the asking. So notice the flow. Thanking God, praising God, confessing to God, and then asking God. If you think about it, again, it goes in line with the Lord's Prayer. It begins by focusing on Him. And a lot of times when we go to talk to God, when we're going to pray to God, we just go immediately to us, right? Well, let's say no. Begin by focusing on Him and all that you have to be thankful for. All the things that God has done already in your life. All the things that He's currently doing and all the things that He promises yet to do. Give thanks for those things. 
And then it says to praise him, to praise him for his nature, for his character, for his attributes. Now, there is so much. Imagine if you really do take some time and you focus on praying, just prayers of thanksgiving, how long that would take. Like you wake up today and, and we're all together and we just, we can thank God for the gift of another day. Like he has given us life yet for one more day. You, you look at this great place to gather and we can give him thanks for this place. You look at the beauty of his creation all around us. You can just go on and on giving him thanks for that. You look at the people around you and, and some of them you might give thanks for. The uh, some you might not, but the anyhow, but you need to have that thankful spirit, you know what I mean? But anyhow, if you just go on and on, there's so much we could pray to give thanks to God. He wants us to be thankful people. Well, by the time you get done some of that, now it's time to praise him. Think about what you can praise God for. Well, God is, is all-powerful, isn't he? He's all-knowing, and he's so big. He's such a big God that he can be everywhere all the time. We can give him praise for that. Those are his attributes. We can praise him because he is a God of reconciliation. He is a God of restoration. He is a God of redemption. That is his nature. That is what he does. That is who he is. And we can praise him for that. There's so much we could praise him for. Now, as you're focused on all you have to be thankful for and all that you want to praise God for, it might bring to mind the fact that you haven't quite lived up to all of that. That God has been so good to you and maybe you haven't been so good to him or so good to others. And so that's why confessing is important. And we can come to God and we can confess when we haven't done some of the things that we know we should have done. Like, you know, maybe you, you saw somebody and, and they were in need and you didn't help them. Or... You confess when you know you shouldn't have done something and you did it. Like maybe you've been talking badly about somebody else. And so God wants us to confess those things. Because he wants to remove those things from us. The burden of carrying and holding on to those things. And he wants to give us what's one of the things that he loves to give us. That he loves to provide for us. Not just food but forgiveness. Forgiveness. And so confessing is so important. And here's what, what I've come to learn if I spend significant time really being thankful and, and giving thanks to God thanking him and then I move into praising him and then I, I start confessing by the time I get to the asking all of a sudden all these things that I thought I needed in my life all the things that I was ready to ask for they don't seem that great anymore they don't seem that important because now my focus has changed, and now I'm aware of all that God has done for me. I'm so thankful that I recognize I don't really need a whole lot. I don't need a whole lot, because he's been so gracious to me. And besides, he already knows what we need, and he wants to hear from us. But sometimes, I don't, I don't know if you're like me, but I, I'm afraid we are so focused on ourselves and what we need, and more importantly, what we want, probably, that that consumes the majority of our prayer life. Instead of being thankful, instead of giving God our praise, and then taking some time to confess. So there's a pattern for us to follow in prayer. So if you're looking for a pattern, this is really helpful. 
So in your daily prayers or throughout the day, because we're called to pray continually, that could be very helpful. Focus on thanking God, on praising God, confessing to God, and then asking God what you need or what you want. Okay? So um, those are a couple helpful hints. I, I think one of the reasons God wants us to be thankful is, you know, all of a sudden everything comes into perspective. You know, when we are thankful... We're, we're not always asking him for things that we probably don't need. Now, um, one of the things that I also like about these two prayers is it, it really focuses on God. So we've got the Lord's Prayer, and we see that pattern there. And then we've got another pattern for praying. Again, thanking, praising, confessing, and also asking. But there are other ways to pray, too. These prayers I call popcorn prayers. Anybody familiar with popcorn prayers? You just pray them as they pop in, right? Again, you may be driving down the road and you see somebody and you're just like, Lord, bless that person. You, you know, you just, they just popped into your mind and you know, this, this prayer just came up and, and you just pray it. It's a popcorn prayer. Or again, I love talking about this, right? When you're in the grocery store and you run into somebody and they start to share with you, you know, God a lot of times nudges you and he's like, why don't you pray for them? And then you're struggling, right? Like right here, right now. And he's like, yeah, just pray for them. Those tend to be those prayers that uh, we got to confess that the things we left undone that we should have done because we were too scared to do it. Well, these are the ones that are the best oftentimes. They're the ones that we really love to tell stories about because we're so thankful we obeyed. But um, those are kind of popcorn prayers. They just pop up throughout the day. You'll have different things going on. Somebody will share something whatever the case may be, so you got these popcorn prayers. But if you're like me, there are times when, you know, the Lord's Prayer just didn't seem to, to get it for me that day. And, and following that, that formula of thanking and praising and confessing and asking, like, I, I feel like there's still something missing, and, you know, my popcorn prayers, they're just not popping right now. You know what I mean? Like, you're just sort of at a loss. You're like, I, I know I need to pray, but I don't know exactly what to pray or how to pray. Well, did you know that God has a provision for you in that? That he's provided another means of prayer when you don't know what to pray or how to pray? It's called praying in the Spirit. And this can get a little weird and scary. So let me tell you, there's been a lot of folks that have sort of used that in, in ways that I don't think God meant for it to be used. But it is such an amazing gift. Listen to what this is. In Romans chapter 8, it says this in verses 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So the Holy Spirit will intercede, will pray on our behalf according to God's will. So I don't have enough time to really do this justice, so, but I'm going to open up the can knowing I'm not going to be able to close it, all right? So here, here's, here's what I got for you on praying in the Spirit for today. 
I think praying the Spirit can simply look like this, where you just close your eyes and, and you just ask the Holy Spirit. Like, remember, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've committed to following him, you now have God's Spirit living inside of you. And so you can ask the Holy Spirit inside of you just to pray on your behalf. And it isn't about words that you can necessarily understand. It talks about groaning so deep that, that words can't even describe it, right? And so this is how I think it might work for you. You close your eyes and you just say, Holy Spirit, would you intercede? Would you pray for me? I don't know what to pray, but I want the Lord's will done in, in my life or in this situation. And then you just sort of take a deep breath and then you let it out and you allow your tongue and your voice box just to start moving and sounds come out that don't sound like any sounds you ever heard before. Like it may sound like a lot of gibberish and you're going to feel kind of foolish, but that may just be the Holy Spirit interceding on your behalf in groans and tones that you do not understand and it's going to be weird and it may feel really uncomfortable because you're not going to be able to understand it but yet personally I know it's real and it says so right here in Romans that the Holy Spirit will intercede on us, on our behalf but it might feel really awkward because it's not like us being in control it's just relinquishing control to him now I've opened the can right so I think a lot of you guys probably have some questions right about now and I want to encourage them so here's what I was thinking since this is probably not the best forum to address this if you would like to talk about this more and explore this more maybe you got a little curiosity maybe I've just pricked your curiosity a little bit. Um, email me personally, scott at orchardhillschurch.org. Scott at orchardhillschurch.org. Email me and say, Scott, I'd, I'd like to talk to you a bit more about that. Like, I want to explore this a little more deeply. I might even want to experience this. And so um, email me personally, and then I'm going to try and get us all together in, in a room. And I want us to start talking about this, exploring this, and maybe even practicing this, all right? So it could get a little weird, but sometimes that's how God is. He doesn't always do things the way we feel most comfortable. So I want to invite you, if you're curious, if I, if I have pricked your curiosity, reach out to me personally through my email, and then I'll try and get us together. All right, is that fair? All right. Whew, bet nobody thought I was going there this morning, did you? All right, so the bottom line is this. God wants us to be prayerful people, prayerful people. And, and it begins with us learning to pray continually. Kids, a lot of you guys are familiar with Alexa. You probably have an Alexa at your house. And we determine that praying continually is a lot like Alexa. Alexa is always listening, isn't she? And she's ready to respond. And maybe that's a picture of what it looks like to pray continually. We also have discovered that it's important to pray directly to God, to go right to God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. doesn't matter which one you direct your prayers to. There are three, but they're all one. So just pray directly to God. 
we also discovered that his heart, his will for us is to be in this intimate relationship. And one of the reasons he wants us to be in that intimate relationship is so he can reveal his will to us. So we have his general will revealed in places like 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, but he has a specific will for each and every one of us. And he wants to reveal that will to you. But you got to go to him in prayer and learn to listen so he can reveal his will to you. We also learn that God cares about everything about us and he, he wants us to talk to him and he wants to talk to us about, about everything and anything, anywhere and everywhere, at any time, all the time. That's God's desire. That's his will for us. And we've seen that he's given us some different ways to pray. He wants us to learn to talk to him, to listen to him on a continual basis. God wants us to be prayerful people. Now we just need to get a little more intentional and start putting some of these things that he's given us into practice. All right, let's pray. Dear God, thanks so much for just how great these kids have been and how attentive they've been. Thanks for the fun that we've had this morning just talking about um, what your will is for our lives and exploring it a little deeper about how to pray. And Lord, I pray that this has been um, helpful, that it's been effective, that um, these are things, some tools that we can take that will help us from the youngest to the oldest to know how to pray. Lord, we thank you for loving us so incredibly. And we thank you for this day. We could go on and on with all that we have to thank you for. We thank you, Lord, now as we get to move into this time of Holy Communion where we get to um, sort of break bread together, to have a spiritual meal together, to really celebrate the good news of Jesus Christ in our lives collectively and personally. So Holy Spirit, make your presence known right here, right now, in Jesus' name, amen.